Hello, my loves. Welcome back to my YouTube channel. If you're new here, my name is Maria. This is a channel about spirituality. Please subscribe below so we can be YouTube buddies. I am being called to share a little bit more of my personal side with you guys. So this is going to be a hybrid video of me telling you about some of the stories that I've had on my awakening journey and some of the tips and tricks that came out of those experiences that hopefully can help you on your path as well. And honestly, I would love to also get your feedback in the comments. Um, to learn about your tips and tricks and how you're navigating this interesting world out there. Um, let's start with the first one. I always meditate on airplanes. I don't know what your guys' experience has been. On the first hand, it may seem like, oh my God, gross. So many people on an airplane, Maria, what are you doing? All of these auric fields intermingling with one another. And the answer is yes. But here's what I found. I found that some of my best insights come to me during my flights. And I don't mean just an aha moment. I've literally channeled the outlines for two of my books on an airplane. And um, <laughs> one of them, I did not even know was going to be a book until I got on a plane, 10,000 feet in the air, I'm flying. And then I realize I'm being called to like birth another book. And I literally wrote down the the outline and everything. That is not the book that is, you know, it's it's in the works. It's it's my fourth book. <laughs> and there's unfortunately or fortunately a lot of them coming. So you guys, you guys, um, there's a lot of, you know, for, for those of you that, that have read 72 Keys, there is more coming. There is more of where that came from. But um, here's the deal. And, and here's my theory on airplanes. Um, there is a lot of density in the mental field of, of humanity, right? So when we are in our human lives, in our, I don't know, nine to fives, um, and, and in general, when we're on the ground, there is just so much dense mental energy that is everywhere. So the human collective is really, really, really strong. In order to get true insights, and okay, it's it's easier to get insights, I should say, when you don't have to deal with this much resistance. Therefore, I found that um, two, you know, like essentially two hacks for getting insights, right? Like one is on an airplane is because you get out of that density of the mental field and um, the energy is a lot more dispersed or sparse up in the air. And because of that, some of the more fundamental things that are like life changing or shifting the insights that are really not too much in the human collective, the insights that really come to you from call it source consciousness um, are easier to absorb on an airplane. So little hack to you. I also find that healing is easier on airplanes, like, um, you know, meditations that are healing meditations. Again, there's not a lot of density and it's almost like you are not hostage to the collective consciousness of humanity to the same degree. So you're not stewing in the same soup, right? You only have to deal with the people in an airplane, which arguably is a much, much smaller amount. So um, that is my number one hack. Number two, and you guys have probably, I mean, if you've been going through the awakening process, you know that the first thing that usually starts happening to you is you wake up in the middle of the night. Literally, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, why did they wake me up? I'm not so sure. Um, it usually, like for me, like the waking up in the middle of the night goes in stages. It used to be really, really prevalent in the early days post my awakening, like literally like clockwork every night between 3 and 4 a.m., I would be up 
And I would know and I would be cognizant of the fact that my spirit guides were doing work on my energy body, kind of like stretching me like a piece of rubber and like making sure that I receive all the codes. And then um, I also find myself in, in these moments in time where for like weeks at a time they may wake me up in the middle of the night because some information needs to come through. And I kind of learned this early on in the game that when human beings are sleeping, right, especially like at least in your own vicinity, right, it's easier for the messages from your higher self and your guides to go through because, again, think of the mental field of humanity as a busy, busy highway. The information that you would like to receive from higher planes are is beyond the highway. So it needs to go through the highway first in order to get into your ground center. If the highway is really, really busy, it's really hard for the information to get through to you. And so I found that initially I was getting a lot of downloads in the middle of the night. Um, I started recording things in the middle of the night. Like literally, I have no shame. Usually I wouldn't pick up a notebook. I would just pick up my phone and I would start writing things down on my phone. Because one thing I noticed with like downloads is it's like in one ear and out the other. Like a lot of downloads don't really stick unless you write them down. I don't know what you guys uh, feel about that, especially the ones that are like true aha or like true new information. Like it feels so deep in the moment, but then morning can forget it. And um, knowing that that mental density is a lot lower at night. Um, I found that sometimes if I need to channel something for my book um, and say I wake up in the middle of the night, I would kind of like start asking my guides questions in the middle of the night. And the answers that come through are even more clear than, um, you know, during the waking hours. And, you know, they're again, the the insights are just a whole other level. So I love that as a hack. Um, I mean, what else? I have been really uh, writing the the whole assemblage point um, transformational journey. Now, I made, I think, at least a couple of podcasts about the assemblage point. Essentially, for those of you that don't know, assemblage point is your point of view or like the, the point from which you perceive reality. Usually it is attached to one of the chakras. And when we go through an awakening journey, we usually, our assemblage point usually rises. It's the same thing like when our vibrations rise, um, you know, in, in our body, our assemblage point goes um, up through the chakras. I started my spiritual journey on the yellow. That was uh, Maria circa 2017 was the yellow chakra assemblage point. The yellow is all about achieving. It's all about hitting that goal. It's all about, you know, material success. It's all about, you know, just going for um, the American dream, frankly, uh, is how I would describe it. Now, I've been on my journey of, of going through all of these assemblage points, I'm currently on the third eye, and I just felt compelled to share the, you know, a couple of experiences with you guys. I would, first and foremost, my personal opinion, I'm biased, obviously. My my personal favorite assemblage point is the heart. That is the one that feels the best. That is where you get the warm fuzzies because when you vibrate at the heart center, uh, when your assemblage point goes from yellow to green, and by the way, there are all these steps in between. And what I like to do, again, for those of you that, you know, A, you can always check where you are uh, right now with a pendulum, for instance, or by asking your guides. But I've also found that there are usually, when my guides are taking me from one chakra to another in terms of assemblage point, um, they are telling me that there's like a 100 it's almost like a, a, you, you have to pass a hundred stages in between each chakra. So it's not like you go from yellow straight to green. Um, there is that, that gray area in between or rather 
I guess, depending on the chakra, it's not necessarily gray, but there is the area in between. And so you go from like one degree, two degrees, three degrees, blah, 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 up to a hundred degrees. And so I've, um, you know, again, my favorite one has been once you reach like the green, once you're like 100% in the green, um, in the heart. That is so beautiful because you vibrate at the frequency of nature. That is where you love everybody. Everybody loves you. And it's just like, it just feels good uh, to be in that zone because it's like the most heartfelt, the most warm, the most um, just blissful place to be as it relates to society and, and things around you, right? Like you definitely feel like you're a part of the, you're part of the world um, that surrounds you and just make, it makes you feel like you belong. It makes you feel loved. It's a very, very beautiful assemblage point. And then it's downhill from there. I'm saying this laugh, like I'm jokingly, obviously, I, I love every, I think there is, uh, there is a reason why we have other assemblage points um but it's 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 definitely challenging once you go up to the throat center um you're very much in your mission like you cannot snooze like you snooze you lose like whatever you're meant to be doing in your life if you're um at the throat chakra assemblage point your guides are going to be like chop chop <laughs> time is money you know like what are you doing resting like you know what about your mission so um I, I find that that was my my throat chakra experience but I've recently moved on to the third eye you guys that was tough third eye uh, th this transition physically transition from the third eye assemblage point to um sorry from the throat to the third eye has been the most challenging for me so far now I cannot tell you what the transition from third eye to crown is going to be, and I don't know how many years it's going to take me, maybe a decade. You never know, right? Usually, if you are moving up, you'll you'll take at least a year moving between one chakra and the other. That is what my guides are telling me is the case. Sometimes you are on an accelerated timeline, and that is totally cool. And sometimes you you take longer, and that is also totally normal. And sometimes you stop and you don't 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 go up. It's not that everybody needs to end up in the crown. In fact, I think that the crown crown chakra assemblage point on this planet is very, very challenging. Like it takes a particular flavor of crazy to want to be on the crown and even at the third eye. So the third eye, the reason I said physically the third eye is really challenging is because it is the worst headaches I've ever experienced in my life. And those headaches, um, oh gosh, it's like your brain hurts. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like literally your pineal gland is like having a fit. <laughs> um at first and and um, like the worst pain that I experienced was when I was just getting started from the throat to the third eye and literally in the last um, um like right before um, it got to 100% so the first 2% and the last 2% were the worst in terms of the physical symptoms um when um the last 2% so like the first 2% is just excruciating headache for like days and you're like, what's going on with me? And I, I started checking in with my guys. They're like, oh, don't worry. It's just your assemblage point moving up. I'm like, well, great. So how, you know, and <laughs> it's not like you can take a painkiller for that because that thing, I mean, I guess you could take a painkiller for that. I shouldn't be saying that. But like if your assemblage point is moving up and that's why you have headaches, I mean, good luck trying to get rid of those. Uh, the worst part was when um, the last 2% were left on the third eye because that's why I started getting visual um, like issues around depth perception with my eyesight, physical eyesight, and then um, strange. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what to explain. Like sensations, like I um. So 
how do I explain this? Um, you know, sometimes you have like eye floaters. This is not, this is not what this is. Um, it's like, oh, okay. Sometimes I know what it is, how to explain it. You know, sometimes when you look at the sun uh, when you're sun gazing and then you look away and it's all, it's almost like there's sun right in front of your eyes. Like you like that imprint of the sun is on your retina and that's what you're seeing. Um, you know, as I was starting to move towards my, you know, third eye assemblage point, I started seeing this very interesting patches of light. And then there was this like almost like a cloud of light that looked iridescent right in front of my eyes. And at first it was like an inch big and then it grew, grew, grew enough so that like it really started obstructing my physical eyesight. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I was freaking out. And I know like, okay, obviously I can talk to my guides anytime. Obviously I can check in with my guides anytime. But when something physical like that hits you in the moment and all of a sudden you went from, you know, being seeing things normally on your computer screen to within 10 minutes, not being able to read a single line because the only thing that you see in front of you is this like blurb or globule of like iridescent light. It freaks you out. Like it really does because I'm like, okay, I don't know. Am I having a stroke? You know, what is this? Uh, I didn't start Googling strokes because I couldn't really see much on my screen anyway. So I'm like, okay, if I'm having a stroke, this this may be it. <laughs> um, and then this thing just disappeared within 20 minutes. Like I just had to take a break. I had to like go outside actually and, and just like stop looking at things. The problem is when I closed my eyes, that sensation was still there. And then, and then the headache came and the headache felt very much like the beginning stages of, of, of that shifting that assemblage point. And so it was like actually really, really interesting. And that's how I knew I'm like, okay, well, it's my assemblage point again. But um, in other words, when your third eye um, starts um, being calibrated, you may get all kinds of weird things um, in your physical eyesight, which does in the moment, it feels a little bit scary. But then once you're done, it's like, oh, Okay, this makes sense, right? It was worth it. Um, now, I will tell you that, um, and I've actually been asked this before um, in, in a couple of comments, like how is it like harder to relate? I will tell you that with assemblage point in the third eye, it's a lot harder to want to stay within my mundane conversations. So if I am, let's call it at a, I don't know, work event, it's really, really hard for me to... Um, want to participate if that makes sense like um when when you uh, when your assemblage point goes up you know exactly what's going on with everybody at you know any level below you just don't know about the people above you right like that's always like looking up is hard but looking down is a little bit easier and i don't don't mean look down as like i'm looking down on somebody not at all but like you know your assemblage point travels up and down this little elevator <laughs> so literally uh like you can go down to any level really like you can uh, momentarily bring your assemblage point to any level within your body it's just mm, it's discombobulating um it's it's like falling from great heights and 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 then just being I don't know hitting hitting the ground uh, at hyper speeds not a very pleasant feeling, um, so yeah it's you know and as I'm sure you guys have noticed right like the more you go into uh, you know in into the whole spiritual journey, people around you really really change because it's hard to have conversations that are not deep, it's hard to just uh, stay in the small talk arena. And so because of that, a lot of the, you know, normal um, conversations start seeming very surface, start coming across very surface level. So I'm not going to lie, assemblage point in the third eye is interesting. But the good news is 
it enables a lot of things, right? It enables heightened intuition. Um, it enables full access to the Akashic records, actually. Like, you know, don't even have to connect. Which actually brings me to the next point. Like a little, like a little tidbit that I wanted to share with you guys. So in terms of learning, right? Like, um, one thing that I've done a lot of is learning from my spirit guides in the span of the five years since my awakening, because I came in from the blank slate. Like when I started on this journey, I barely knew what chakras were. Like truly, I mean it. And um, my first inclination when I was, um, when I just woke up was, okay, maybe I should start taking courses now and reading all these books. Everybody like, okay, like I want to learn. And my guides were like, okay, hold on, Maria. <laughs> relax, relax, chill. You're fine. And essentially what they told me was that I was meant to learn myself from my spirit guides and, and, and from the Akashic records. They told me I was not meant to learn from books or physical teachers, right? Like people around me, um, which took me aback a little bit because I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? They're like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be safe. And so pretty much everything that I know has either been channeled by me uh, like literally when, when my eyes are closed, you guys know what it looks like if, you, if you're watching my YouTube. It has been channeled, uh, you know, to me or done, you know, or I've downloaded it into my field as I was writing my book or books. And then there's been other modes of learning that I have cult cultivated over the years that I wanted to share with you and see maybe some of them are going to be really helpful to you. So when I was first getting started, um, the first spirit, one of the first spirit guides that came to me was a dragon. Dragons are actually really, really resourceful as spirit guides because they unobstructedly move between dimensions. And um, for probably a first year since my awakening, every meditation that I had started with my dragon coming to me. I kind of like boarded the dragon, so to say. I climbed, um, you know, I, I used to climb on, on, on his back. And he would take me through portals. Well, literally, like there's like this round portals. He would go through portals and he would take me through different dimensions and, you know, show me different past lives and, you know, just take me places. And um, it's it's like he was managing my agenda and he would always bring me to places where I could learn. The reason I'm telling you this is because each of you has a, a dragon. And I think dragons are really, really underutilized in spiritual development because they can take you to the right, like the right source of information for you to learn something. Um, so the dragon is like a big, big, big hack in trying to learn things uh, spiritually. Um, another thing that I like to do. Um, so there are some topics that are somewhat complex in spirituality. There are a lot of topics that have either opposing points of view or whether it's just confusion. And I found that the best way for me to understand the subject fully is to download um, the information straight from the Akashic Records instead of doing anything else really, like Googling and whatnot. Sometimes when you Google, it's actually worse because your pristine blank slate mind gets polluted by all of the distortions and all of the other fields and all of the other things that people have downloaded, which may or may not be true or which may or may not be in your best interest, frankly. So if you're just a quick hack, um, essentially you would, you know, if you are familiar how to um, access the Akashic Records, but essentially the Akashic Records looks like a large network. It just looks like a net or a web, right, of light. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, I would always be looking up if I'm trying to connect to the Akashic Records. But usually I, um, th there is a request that I send out to the universe. For instance, okay, the universe, I want to learn everything there is to, uh, to, to, you know, everything that I need to know about 
I don't know, etheric wings or everything that I need to know about dimensions. Um, and then um, essentially show me the coordinates. And then the universe is going to take me to exact set of coordinates within the Akashic Records. And um, usually what I find there is that the knowledge doesn't just hang out in the Akashic Records. It usually is inside of a box, actually, is, is, is what it usually what I see it. Some people see it as books. I see it as boxes, actually. Um, and um, so what I would usually do is um, I would start dragging this box towards me. And usually it, it feels like it fl floats towards me in midair. And then um, um, it's, it's almost like um, there are cords that are um, holding, like keeping... It's almost like it's on rails, if that makes sense. Like it's it's like sliding towards me, and then there's this cords of these rails that are going to bring that box back once I'm done with it. And so here's kind of like how it feels. Like um, in order um, to, it's like there are many facets of clear cognizance, clear knowing. Um, one of the best ways that I've found to download large amounts of information that I can down dissect and uh, and um integrate later is this. So like. I grab the entire information field from the Akashic Records in the form of this box. And then um, I like imagine my crown center really, really opening up. And then I place the entire thing inside of my head, like the entire box inside of my head. And then it usually starts opening up somewhere around my throat center. Like it just starts opening up and all of these coats start pouring out. And um, you would be surprised uh, like, I mean, uh, like how how clear the information is if you just download it first into your body. And then depending on, you know, how good of a translate, translator, I guess, interpreter you are, um, you may get varying degrees of success with decoding what you've just downloaded. But uh, downloading is like have the trouble. Like uh, the way I then perceive the information is then there's just usually a voice that tells me exactly what I need to know. And then sometimes they're also showing me things that I need to know. But there are other ways of decoding this information. And one of the other ways is automatic writing. This is what I used to do when I just woke up in 2018, 2019. I used to do a lot of automatic writing. So like I would upload this information into my auric field, if you will. And then I would write the question and then the answer coming from that um, you know, from that thing that is inside of me that is unpacking. And automatic writing was a really, really good practice because A, it taught me to trust myself. B, it taught me to trust the process. C, it taught me to trust the universe. And trust is so, so big when you're just uncovering all of these gifts. It's like paramount. It's big, fat, huge. So trust is really, really important. But um, I just want, really felt compelled to share with you that first, like download that information uh, because claircognizance, again, like there are so many ways that it can come to you. Um, now, there there have been, you know, some people need to actually read a particular, I don't know, article um, in order for them to be able to connect to the Akashic Records. I personally don't need to read anything. In fact, I've found that, you know, in the, especially in the early days of my awakening, like I said, my guides were really not big fans of me reading anything because they were the first ones to say that there's a lot of misinformation on planet Earth and they didn't want me to learn from that. They're like, just just go to the source, so to say, and that would be easier. But at the same time, I know that some people find it a lot easier if they connect through a medium first, meaning like, I don't know, they, they read a book about a particular subject and, and then they can connect to the Akashic Records. Um, but I definitely felt like in the early days, I felt like if I was consuming information from other people, uh, like I wasn't building my own, like, pillar of knowledge that I could verify myself 
And, you know, just believing in things without being able to, like at face value, I didn't feel like was my path. And that's how I developed all of these ways to download information. Um, and yeah, it, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't led me astray since. All right, my loves. Well, this is really it. I know this was kind of like a mishmash, but I really felt to share a couple of stories with you. Please let me know in the comments what you think, if any of the stories resonate or if you had any similar experiences. And that's it. I'm sending you a big virtual hug and I'll see you in the next one. Bye, loves.